right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. This is the home of Sooner fans. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Hour three already. I feel like this show's flown by. Good Josh Helmer show off the air. We didn't get to meet up at the coffee. Keurig. Yeah, no, it was a great episode. Terrific episode of the Josh Helmer off the air show. It rocks. I, it's, it's always funny because during breaks, I can kind of hear the conversation. And you'll hear Josh like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. I see. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was, is there anything more enraging than when you're riding with somebody in the car who is on their phone? And you get one half of the and conversation. And you get one half of the conversation. Meanwhile, they're weaving in and out of traffic and you're just looking at them like, you know, I could drive. I mean, I, I could drive right now. I'm okay. This is unsafe. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Hour three of the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated and fully insured, licensed and bonded. Mop and Roofing is serving all of Oklahoma and has been in business for over 35 years. 405-703-3843. You ready for the top five stories of the day? Let's Giddy go. Up. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, happy hour, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6. 14 table games, an incredible OTB, at least to me. Ultimate Texas Hold'em and Baccarat, NewcastleCasino.com. Big story, number five. Number five. So, I mentioned... I had a softball update, and we talked to Patty Gasso last hour, so that was awesome. Meanwhile, this weekend is a massive weekend in the sport. You get the Oklahoma State-Texas series that's going to start on Thursday. Arkansas-Kentucky, a top 25 matchup. You know, Florida State is going to Virginia Tech. It's been a bit of of, of a tough run for Virginia Tech this year, at least based on the expectations that they've had. They're uh, they're 32-12 and right now. They've had some uh, ugly losses, but – Seems like they're playing a little bit better here recently. So uh, it'll be fun this weekend to see that game between Florida State and Virginia Tech, or at least that series, I should say, out west. Utah is at Washington. Arizona is at Oregon. And, of course, Josh, last night we saw Oklahoma State once again lose to Wichita State. And I think the Cowgirls are – I think they're safely in the top eight right now to host a Super Regional but you can't help but notice some of the struggles that they've had, at least offensively. And, boy, Alex Aguilar has been a massive problem for them, the freshman out of Midland, Texas. She is, um, she's been something for Wichita State so far this season. I think – let me see her stats from last night. Complete game, pitched all eight innings, allowed eight hits – um, and just the one run struck out five and wa- uh, I'm sorry, walked five and struck out two, but was able to overcome it. This after she was rocked in two thirds of an inning against Houston. So, I mean, what what a performance for Wichita State and what they've been able to put together recently, man. They're really playing well. Well, and ultimately, it's not bad news for Oklahoma, right? I mean, kind of just add some excitement to the matchup you got coming up. Sydney McKinney. Incredible. She went three for four last night for Wichita State. Um, Addison Barnard 
Was that who Steely kept trying to get to transfer here at Oklahoma? Yeah, I think we're still trying. I think Steely was all about that. Um, but um, Barnard, she's been pretty good. Now, she's not hitting as many home runs as she did last year, but still it's pretty impressive. I think she's up to 20 on the season. Um, bottom line, more than anything else, oh, I apologize, 12. I tried to give her one more. 20, 12. Ah. Who's really counting? Yeah, it's basically the same number. So there you go. OSU uh, OSU loses last night. LSU also falls to McNeese State. So now it sets up the massive weekend in front of us. And if you missed Patty, it's on the podcast page right now. All right, big story number four. Number four. And I've got a boatload of NFL nuggets here for you, Josh. A, uh, a, a virtual boatload. So let's see. Where do we want to start here? Well, let's, let's start with the clearing of DeMar Hamlin. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I think like a majority of you, I sat in absolute fear that we were that we were going to lose somebody live on TV, but DeMar Hamlin persevered and yesterday he announced that he's back. Over these last few months, I've been on a journey and I've seen, you know, some of the top professionals across the country. Their answers to me were pretty much all the same. They were the same. This event was life-changing, but it's not the end of my story. So I'm here to announce that I plan on making a comeback to the NFL. Amazing. Isn't it amazing? Why do I feel so uneasy about it? Oh, just because that night was so spooky. It was uh, surreal, and it did feel like – it didn't feel like we were maybe losing – I mean, it looked like maybe we had already lost DeMar Hamlin on on the field. So – it was such a scary sight that the idea that, well, he's been medically cleared seems sort of impossible just based on the complexion that that night created. Okay. Um, gosh, there's so many reac- responses and reaction to this. I think we'll just leave it as, hey, I want to see him do well. I want to see him be healthy. It's an incredible story. It is an incredible story of recovery. Unless there's anything more that you want to add? Oh, I just think that he's going to get a hero's welcome. I do too. Anywhere he goes. Um, gosh, there's so much good stuff here. Deshaun Watson spoke yesterday. Here's what he had to say. Maybe this organization know who I am, and the guys that I play with know who I am. I mean, everyone have their own opinions of what what they want to you know say or how how they want to you know kind of just the fact of of last year, but. At the end of the day, you know, I have an opportunity to go out there and prove what I need to prove in 2023, and that's what I'm focused on. I'm not focused on what anybody else have to say. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I, I got to be honest, Josh. I can't stand that man. I think this is a me problem. I got to work past it. And he had us all fooled. But... At some point, you got to let it go. I'll work through it, but not a Deshaun Watson fan. Now, trade him to the Raiders, and that changes. <laughs> Early returns on this deal for the Browns have, have just not looked good at not all. Not looked good at all. We'll right. see if he can't recapture some of uh, who Deshaun Watson was before all of this. But uh, watching last season, it seemed like he's a long ways away from that. Hmm. And that's a lot of guaranteed cash. I have two more stories real quick on the NFL. Number one, I don't know where this was yesterday. Arnie sent it to me in a text, but I don't know if he heard something wrong. But 
Is it true that Tennessee is is making calls to Green Bay now to get in on the potential Aaron Rodgers trade? That'd be interesting. So there's a little which it would go against kind of what you've seen Tennessee do because they've cut every big name that they've had. But that's one thing. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers have been fielding calls about Trey Lance, which makes zero sense to me. Unless someone's calling you and says, we'll give you a first-round pick for Trey Lance. Then I might be like, all right, maybe there's another quarterback we like better. Right, but, I mean, they gave up so much to go up and get him. To give up on him before he even really has a full season – and seeing how much bad luck San Francisco has had at the quarterback position, I don't know. It's just I need to talk to Pop. He's a big Niners fan, or I, because to me it's just it's not connecting why that would be the case if it even is. Well, unless privately now they're convinced he's not the franchise answer. Anything else in the NFL you needed to get to? I saw the mock draft from Kuyper and McShay had Marvin Mims going to the Chiefs in the second round, which hey, I like it. I do not. I think you're going to get the two best receivers in the draft if that happens because I think receivers are going to fall. I am worried, as you know what, that you guys are going to end up with Jackson Smith and Jigba. And if you do, you might as well just give him the Super Bowl trophy again. You might – you don't even – wait, who's your leading receiver beyond Kelsey coming back next year? Because Hardman's gone. Hardman's uh, gone. Juju's gone. Juju's gone. Uh, Tyreek was gone, and he was even better. I mean, this is unfair. I think it's time for uh, Patrick Mahomes to retire. All right, um, big story number three. Number three. I'll take you through some of the highlights from last night. The Boston Celtics took care of business to go up two zip on the Atlanta Hawks. Blocked by Tatum. White comes up with it. Lead for Tatum who flushes with the right hand. And how poetic is that? 119-106. Trey Young afterwards. Obviously, everybody knows the defenses are key towards me, and it's up to me to make the right decision and right reads. And uh, throughout the games today, I didn't. I think I did in the first first quarter early on, and then kind of late in that first quarter, kind of lost the ball a couple of times and had a few turnovers, and it kind of got out of sorts. Got out of sorts, I think, is a fair way to put it. Need to uh, reverse course here. Speak- Get back to Atlanta, take that game, and we'll see. I think they can still put some pressure on them. They played. I, I watched the that first, first game quarter. Was just such a wipeout, though. And I think they. I think that outside of Giannis getting hurt, most of those and Ja getting hurt, kind of tough when you're in that plane, and then you got to turn around. It's like, all right, game one, here we go. Meanwhile, in Cleveland last night, speaking of things getting a little out of hand, Garland in the lane to Allen, ball knocked free by Toppin. Toppin saved it into Allen, and Jared with an easy dunk. Top and saved it in right to Jared Allen. 107.90. 107.90. That series is now even at a game apiece. And then if you didn't stay awake last night, boy, man, you missed one heck of a fourth quarter. And in the end, the Los Angeles Clippers fall to the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix finally, I I don't want to say anything was a must win, but Josh, the way things were going in that series after – L.A. won game one. Well, no, they had to get even. They had to get even. Booker still handling the basketball behind a D.A. screen. Gets it in the corner to Torrey Craig. Shazam! Another three by P.C. Um, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I find it fascinating to see how 
Phoenix still struggles with certain things, and then all of a sudden it's which good or bad um, side you get of Chris Paul, and he was great last night. They were just blowing by us, getting to the basket for layups. And um, once we stopped them from doing that and got the ball, we were able to get out and run, and that generated some energy. Coming out of the halftime break, it was just juice, toughness, grit. Um, offensive execution was, was decent. But I thought we were able to get the ops in a row to start the half. That, that really gave us a lot of energy. It's a lot from the uh, NBA playoffs last night. By the way, that was uh, Monty Williams talking about the run in the second half. Anything else from last night's NBA playoffs that tickled your fancy, Josh Helmer? Well, I think uh, big stories, Phoenix getting back. Back to uh, even with the, the Clippers is huge. In advance of tonight's game, what is the status of Ja Morant? Lakers, Memphis, 630. Here's what their head coach, Taylor Jenkins, had to say. Definitely showed a re-aggravation of his hand injury that he had in the Milwaukee game, uh, you know, dealing with some pain, some soreness. Uh, symptoms are slightly improving uh, from the other night. Uh, he's going to be a game-time decision. He's going to come in, get working in the morning, test it out, see how he's feeling. All right. Uh, big story, number two. Wait, is that right? Is that right? Or are we on number four? No, we're on number that was so we had a five softball, four Demar Hamlin, three NBA playoffs. Now we're at big story number two. So number two. Things are going quickly here. Big story number two. Draymond Green has been suspended for the next game, which would be what, Thursday night? Uh, or is it not even until Friday for the uh series between the Golden State Warriors Thursday and the Kings? Night. There you go. Nine o'clock on Thursday night. I- interesting. I was I was reading what Adrian Wojnarowski had to say. Um, NBA executive VP Joe Dumars tells ESPN on the Draymond Green punishment. Here's what it came down to: excessive and over-the-top actions, conduct detrimental, and a repeat offender. That's what separates this, where you end up with a suspension. Yeah, basically the shenanigans afterwards. What? I feel kind of smart, we said earlier in the show. Did anything else happen to Sabonis? No. He got hit with the technical. I mean, he got the... Do you feel he was an instigator for grabbing the ankle? <sighs> I, 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 Yeah, kind of. I sort of do, too. But I also think Draymond... And he definitely flopped beforehand. Well, and, and, and that's what I'm trying to look at. Did he flop? Oh, 100%. Because Chris Russo, I was... Cry- I, I know he's on... He's on uh, first take right now but i was listening to him yesterday afternoon <laughs> and he goes and he does his acting job it's unlike anything i've ever seen he falls down I'm like, oh. I'm like well it wasn't really that bad and then i was watching here i'm like yeah i guess he might be right oh yeah no he he flops to the floor but uh you know because of draymond green's track record you almost say bravo sabonis if uh if you if there was any intent there mission accomplished yeah oh, absolutely All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. That's twofold, right? We've got a couple of Sooner notes here in number one. We'll we'll do the compliment sandwich here on this, if you will. Very popular feature. Very popular feature on the uh, program. Sooner recruiting seems to be, uh, as the kids might say today, cooking. Um, Ah. Yeah, last night. The University of Oklahoma added yet another commitment to, let's see, which class was this? The 2024 class 
as wide receiver K.J. Daniels, speedster out of Louisiana, has committed to the Sooners. 5'10", 135 from Franklinton, Louisiana. Chose the Sooners over Tulane, Cincinnati, and others. Quote, the moment I stepped foot on the OU campus, it felt like home. I believe that I can develop better as a player and a better man at OU. Dude is fast. Speed, man. Get those speed demons. And, um, I, I again, like I said, Parker's going to be all over this coming up this afternoon. I think that, you know, most of this news was known during the day yesterday. Yeah, well, actually, he, he committed the – he didn't commit last night. He committed the night before. Oh, was it the night before? This, so, the 17th. Okay. So, the 17th he committed, hit all the rounds last night. I'm sure the guys will be all over it. Um, the – the, the meat part of the compliment sandwich is yeah. usually the bad. Tough one last night for OU Baseball. As they fall on the road at O'Brate Stadium to Oklahoma State. We we don't need to talk about the seven-run eighth inning, but let's just say things got a little bit out of hand as the Sooners fall to 19-19 and 19 on the season. Crooked number. Yeah, well, it's 19-8 to eight was the final score last night. Now you go to Austin. For a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series before a return home on Tuesday for a midweek against ORU. And then next week, Oklahoma and Kansas. Here's the uh, positive inside of the compliment sandwich, Josh Helmer. We have the spring game scoring system that has been unveiled. Now again, this Saturday is the spring game. And the scoring system... The offense is the red team. The defense is the white team. It matters. Trust me, it matters. I remember last year during the uh, the women's clinic, the ladies' clinic that they did, watching two hundred twelve degrees. The, yeah, two twelve, baby. The the conversation in the offensive room. We sat in there for a little bit. I think Dusty and I were sitting in there watching the presentation from Jeff Lebby. They there was a play. And as the play was materializing, you realize that it was wide open and it was going to hit. And Leb stopped the tape. He's like, now watch the defensive coaches. Watch how mad they're going to get. <laughs> so this is, this is a fun way to do it. I like the offense versus the defense. Uh, touchdown and field goal are the same. Uh, so you get six points for a touchdown, three points for a field goal, uh, two-point conversion, extra point, all the good. Uh, there, there's a two-point punt total here which i found interesting yeah some of the scoring just doesn't make any sense there's too much to it and then there's no points for a turnover on downs missed field goal or a turnover but here's all the ways that the the defense defense, defensive touchdown 12 points (laughs) turnover seven points fourth down stop seven points missed field goal seven points for a punt it's five points a made field goal is four points a sack is three points. A pass breakup is two points. A missed extra point is two points. And a missed two-point conversion is two points. The head coach of the offensive team is Bill Beatenbow. The head coach of the defensive team is Todd Bates. So there you have it. There's our compliment sandwich. 24 hours, 36 hours to kind of talk about the new recruit. Tough loss last night in baseball. And, of course, the new scoring system for the spring game. How are you feeling about numbers? for Saturday not scoring wise but crowd wise I think it'll be good I don't think it'll be as many as last year it doesn't feel like you've had that you know new coach new coaching staff you don't have that same groundswell 
to the same degree of excitement, I don't think. But there'll be thousands. There'll be thousands. It'll be a, it'll be a really good crowd. Will it be as much as last year? I, I'm not expecting that. The numbers weather-wise continue to look incredible. And believe me, we've run the gamut of weather whenever it comes to the spring game. For, for Saturday, the high is up to, is that right? 71, uh, 63, 63 on Saturday. Sorry. 71 on Friday, 63 on Saturday. That's good. Um, winds out of the Northeast at 10 miles an hour to 20 miles an hour. So it'll be a little gusty, but looks like that we'll be in, in good shape for a pleasant day. Remember last year, last year we were chasing a storm. So as soon as the game wrapped up and I think everyone was able to get out of the stadium and everyone was able to either get a uh, home or wherever they were headed. Bro, a massive storm blew through. There is a chance of rain, but it is later on Saturday night. So there you have it, our top five stories of the day. What say you? The text line is next on The Ref. I, I mentioned I wanted to hit the uh, – I wanted to hit some of the memories that people had shared of April 19th, 1995, 1995 coming up. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, really good stuff. Sean writes, as a Browns fan, the hit rate on first-round picks is about 5%, but that's probably a Cleveland problem. I kind of think the Raiders' hit rate is like 0.9. It feels like Kansas City – I mean, look, you're coming off of the greatest trade in Kansas City Chiefs history to go up. Oh, and get Pat, yeah. Yeah, so, Patrick, so. That, that changes things a little bit. But historically, man, there's been plenty of misses for Kansas City in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, I guess a you're lot, right. A lot. I guess you're right looking back. I'm going to do the math on it tonight. I'm going to I'm going to go back and find a what's the successful hit rate then for teams over the last decade. I don't have anything going on. I think if you went franchise by franchise, you'd find it's it's close to 50%. I bet it's significantly less. Agreed. I bet I bet all right, hold on. I'm sure someone's done this, right? There's enough draft nerds out there. Even if you just – but hold just on. set it as played played legitimate snaps, not all pro, anywhere in the first round. Played legitimate snaps, yes or no, and I think you'll find it's still pretty close to eh, – eh, coin flip. Okay, here there, there's a couple of different options here. This might involve some in-break reading. But according, according to oh, who is this? DailyNorseman.com. Like, is that a Vikings blog? Can you people just like have VikingsFan.com or Skull.com? Is, is it a Vikings blog? Yes, it is. Nice. That's pretty cool, though. Okay. Oh, this is good. This is good. This guy. Uh, five years ago, I did a piece detailing how most draft picks are bust. Based on a study of 1996 to 2016, the results, which are based on the pro football reference AV metrics, are sobering. Well, I mean, I don't think we need to go that far. It's like, but I'm hammered. We're having a good time. Oh, first-round picks don't pan out. I'm no longer having fun. That, uh, was, that was just like a cup of coffee. So I guess it says 16% didn't play for the team that drafted them. I don't. Yeah, I mean, are we talking sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks? That's not shocking. A lot of guys don't make it out of camp. Thirty-seven of the thirty-seven percent were considered useless. Oh, this is all the draft, not the first round. Yeah, okay. I mean, we're we're curious about first round picks. Yeah, okay. This is this this is 
I'm sorry, sir. Your work is too in-depth. We shall pass. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we need you to – can you simplify your work for us? Can you break as, it down? As I, as I tell everyone, tell me about it like I'm five, and then that way I'll better understand We it. need little subsections. Can you tell us, like, first round, second round, third round – uh, Cam writes, please forgive if this has already been asked. Venture to guess the attendance for Saturday's spring game. I'm guessing 55K. Hope it's much more than that. Enjoy the show. I think that's Cam. a solid number. I do, too. I do, too. I think I'm really torn on how to feel about not having more events on campus that day. Like, I, I love being able to drive down from the softball to the football, and I love being able to – Taking a little baseball. I think one year we had Texas in baseball during the or, or right after the spring game. I do. I, I it's one of my favorite things. Like, hey, leave here and go straight there. Right. Um, but I, I, I have higher hopes. I, I have hopes for sixty-five. Sixty-five is my mark. Now I know Ohio State had seventy plus, and I know that's what everyone wants. But if I'm, if I'm sitting in those meetings. I'm and I'm trying to have a realistic view of it. I'm probably thinking if we get 65 plus, we're throwing a party. But again, Josh, those meetings don't include me. Uh, Johnny H writes, Chris, what's the chance of a double header on Saturday in Waco? Rain on Sunday. Well, let me see. What is the latest that Dr. Kevin Clazel has passed along to the Ref Sports Radio Network? Uh, he says, and I quote, looks like the cold front, cold front plows through Waco sometime Friday afternoon or evening with strong lightning storms. Would expect storms to clear by late evening, though, leaving gusty north winds to 35 miles an hour. Saturday will be sunny in 60s, but those gusty north winds continue. Sunday looks pleasant and 70 degrees. So, I don't. I doubt then that we would. I doubt then that we would worry about trying to play two on Friday or Saturday with that forecast. We might end up playing two on Sunday, with the way that that looks. Um, congratulations! This is from Team USA. The six one four sent this along to us. The NCAA. College player of the year, top 25 finalists are out. Five Sooners are on the list. This is all sports? This is softball. Oh, oh okay, gotcha. Yeah, nice. Team U.S. softball. Sorry, did I not say that? I apologize. Um, Jordy Ball, Nicole May, Alex Storacco, Jada Coleman, and T.R.A. Jennings. Your entire pitching staff is one of the 25 semifinalists <laughs> player of the yeah. year. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. Um, here's one from True who writes, I feel like when the girls sign with Oklahoma, they know what they're getting into. They know about what's ahead of them player-wise. And I, and I think you see every year there's people that leave the program. It, 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 it's the reality of it. And I'm sure, you know, I was going back and forth, a guy from the 918, I don't think it was bad. I mean, it didn't seem like – I didn't feel like that he was too upset about the way we presented it, but – if you go in the portal and you leave Oklahoma, you end up somewhere good, right? For the most part, unless you medically retire. But 
If your comparison is, well, look, Haley Van Lith decided to leave Louisville or this player decided to leave there. Well, guess what? The, those types of players in the softball world are wanting to come here. Correct. Alex Storacco came here. Came here, right. And, and had a world tour plan. She was going to go, if, if, if I, I'll have to ask her, I think it was Oklahoma, then she was going to head like out to Arizona. She was going to go up to UCLA. She came to Oklahoma and was like, I'm here. This is it. This is it. You know where uh, Haley Van Lith is visiting, by the way, or visited? Is she visiting Baylor? Is she visiting Waco or is she visiting Iowa? LSU. Why did I think Kim Mulkey was at Baylor for some dumb reason? Yeah, because she was committed to Baylor. Mm-hmm. And whenever it, it actually was about to sign with Baylor, and I think that somewhat coincided with her leaving for LSU, or at least there was rumblings of it. I love her game. I think she's so fun to watch. I think she's awesome. I that, think she's absolutely that's awesome. That's a little side road, though. But your point is well taken. Don't don't panic about OU. OU's getting those players because yeah. of who Oklahoma is. And, oh, by the way, they're also getting the high, the top high school prospects and developing and keeping a lot of them. Jordy Ball was the top pitcher yeah. in her class and on and on and on. T.R.A. Jennings, I mean, we, we can go up and down this roster. The top players in America, both in the high school, signing class ranks, and out of the portal, they're coming here. You don't have anything to worry about the path forward for Oklahoma. Mm. I, I'm very confident. And and listen, you're going to add a couple of things, too. There's this place being built called Love's Field, and it is going to be a jewel. And they're going to be able to sell that, and I think that's a big deal. But, yeah, I'm, I, understand. I do the same thing but just because I think everyone does. When your team's having a ridiculous amount of success, right? How's it going to go wrong? All right, where's the where's the pitfall here? All right, how's this thing going to implode? What's going on? I did the same thing with the Raiders in the early 2000s, man. I'm like, this isn't going to last. We got to play Marquis Tuiasasopo. We got to get Gannon out of here. He's too old, right? I mean, just everyone goes through it, <laughs> right. right? Unless you're as dominant as the Chiefs are right now. I mean, everyone goes through it. So, ah, how are they going to replace these wide receivers? Right. I mean, and even that, you're like, well, we got Patrick Mahomes, so I think we'll be okay. But, yeah, I just I, – I completely understand. Completely understand. All right. Um, I would also say to the point of, hey, look where softball's going with people relocating. It's uh, it's kind of already been there, like right. football and basketball and you name it. it. It's there. And Oklahoma's at the top of the sport in part because of that. Yeah. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Uh, sharing stories of exactly what is going uh, – what where you were, kind of those moments during the uh, unfortunate – Events of this day next on The Ref. Uh, welcome back into the Plank Show. It's kind of funny because Johnny's text, I'm not going to lie, got me a little bit excited about the potential of a doubleheader on Saturday because I uh, I don't mind being able to get out of town, and that would give me a chance, Josh, to take my time driving home Sunday, maybe take that little Dale Earnhardt away exit, drive around Texas Motor Speedway, reminisce a little bit. <sighs> There's the spot where we... Park the RV. Ah, that's the only gas station that was there where we had to buy basically little Smokies and baloney because we were poor. <laughs> it's, Clear Channel was great to us, Josh. They would send us down and let us go cover the event, but they wouldn't let us expense anything. It's like, hey, we're going to go down and cover the NASCAR race. Well, you're paying for it. It's like, well, it helps the station. Oh, sorry. All right, um... 
let's hit some of these texts out. So from the, the bottom line, more than anything else, is this. I think today is one of those days that everyone has a story about. And I wanted to take five minutes here to share a few that have been given to us on the text line. Like this from Nick. I was in second grade in spelling class. Heard the blast from Fairview Elementary School in South OKC. I thought a plane crashed into the playground or something. At least that was my first initial thoughts. When I heard it, I remember that day and weeks after it like it was yesterday. I have an archive of photos I took with my dad's camera. So, so many kids. So many kids, right? Because of the, uh, the schools that were around it. Gabe tells the story a lot how he was playing out on the playground whenever they were on a, like, what the bars called and they were hanging on the bars and then that explosion hit and they fell. Like three of them fell. True sooner. I was, I had a friend acquaintance that was conducting a meeting at her desk when the bomb went off on the fifth floor. The four ladies that was around her passed away. She lived. Oh, that's, that's just horrific to be in that moment amazing that you could survive right but then to look around and realize for the rest you have, of your life you have survivor's remorse absolutely in that situation bumpy Rhodes has checked in my man b up in tulsa brian hines i was a junior in high school at sepulpa came back from lunch in channel one lisa ling and anderson cooper had the okc bombing on tv about half the school went home Santa John has been uh, all over this today. He writes, April 19th, 1995. It was a Wednesday. Today was a Wednesday. Calendar math, 28 years with seven leap years. There's a part of me that still can't fathom it was 28 years ago. But then when I try to, when I try to remember events from that day, right, everything that led up to it, it's like, oh, gosh, there's so many things. Santa John added, it's also the anniversary of the Waco massacre in 93. I was doing jury downtown at the county courthouse when the bomb exploded. Oh, man. Um, from the 405, I heard the explosion in North Norman. Ended up working on a cleanup crew in the days after. Actually was able to work inside of the courthouse across the street in an FBI-supervised cleanup crew that was really just looking for evidence. No BS. It was the beginning of black box cell phones, and every crew had a couple agents with phones. I saw Judge's Antique Oak Lawyer desk with a massive four by five, uh, four by five foot shard of window sliced into the center of the desk. I worked a couple weeks. Sometimes if the wind was right, you could unfortunately smell the morgue. I'll never forget. I know none of us will. God bless all those who lost their families and those involved. You never know what the world may bring. Tell your peeps you love them every day. Oh, man. Dude, I, you've got some stories, I bet, man. That's tough. Sugar Shane writes, I was at daycare on the south side and felt and heard it. I was Gabe's age, I believe. Tommy right? same, walking into school library during my junior year of high school. By the way, this has magnified to me how old I am, uh, seeing all, you sto- all your stories from this when I'm like, I was a ju- sophomore in college, and everyone's like, I was in grade school. Well, it's nice to know that uh, 
I'm old. A good portion of our listening audience is younger than you. Right, exactly. That's a good sign for us going forward. My mother-in-law was working on the sixth floor, had taken the day off for a doctor's appointment. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Derek, I was a senior in high school at Edmond North, and the rest of the day the principal would come on the intercom and announce and announced the parents were called in and said they were okay. I was in class when someone whose parents never called in. Oh, oh man. my gosh. And then one more here just popping in. I was a senior at Sepulpa when it happened. Um, would love to know who the junior from Sepulpa was. Brian Hines. B. Hines. Bumpy Rhodes. Excellent. Excellent disc golf player. In fact, I have an autographed disc from Brian that hangs in my collection. It's the only disc I've got. Outside of mine, which I lose all the time. And then one more here from Frisco Sooner. I said one more, but this is, this is really good. My father was a driver's ed teacher and a coach at Moore in 1995, and he had taken kids downtown that morning just before the bomb went off. When he got back to campus, kids and teachers were out in front in distress because they had several parents who worked at the Mirror Building. He turned around to look back at OKC and just saw a huge billowing of black smoke. Just a horrific day in prayers going out to all those who were involved. Obviously, it was a day we'll never forget. We honor their memory here on The Plank Show, here all day long on The Ref. Quick break. We're back to wrap it up next. You want to wrap with a call? Call a couple maybe final text messages, yeah. Mr. Sports gets the last word on the phones today. What's going on, Mr. Sports? How are you? Mr. Plank, how are you this morning, my friend? I'm outstanding. Well, I was two blocks away on Robinson sitting in my truck when it went off. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, I was south of it. I had been at Oklahoma County and pulled some paperwork on some pasture land I was going to buy, and it got back to my truck, and I was sitting in my truck just, you know, I was facing the Murrah building, but there was two buildings in between me. And when it went off, it, it felt like it moved my truck away from the curb, like a couple feet or something. I thought somebody had hit me in the back. Oh, my God. And I looked up, and there was nobody there. So I cut a U-turn and went up to Dewey and looked down at Fifth and saw it. And I was just like, oh, my God. You know, most horrendous thing that anybody could go through. Unreal, man. So, Unreal. Yeah. yeah, God bless everybody. It's, uh, it was rough. I tell you, um I was down there until Wednesday. Uh, I dropped back with the Red Cross, and I was just feeding search dogs, setting up cots, things like that, you know. And so it was two days before I went home, but it was it was unbelievable. Mr. Sports, thanks for sharing, buddy. Have a blessed rest yeah, of your hey, day. Keep a smile on your face. It makes the world happy. It does. I hated to bring it kind of a downer, but it is – there's not like a – it's always hard for me whenever you have these tragedies – because you'll hear things like you you celebrate the anniversary, and I'm always am very angry about that. But then I also stop and think, you you do have to celebrate the lives of those who were lost or and affected, are affected, and it's just it it's horrible. I can't think of any other way to put it. Just just a, a, a terrible day. But we we remember the perseverance, the fight of of Oklahomans. It was. Gosh, just gut-wrenching. Just gut-wrenching. But thank you to everyone who shared stories today. They continue to pour in on the text line. Steelman's got an incredible story, too. And God willing, there's never anything like this. Sure. Here, anywhere, but here. All right. um, Tomorrow, 
Cavens. I I don't know. You know, I, I'm always welcome and wanting feedback. Plank show at Josh on ref. But I would really, I would love to go a little bit more in depth on Ari's piece. So I've reached out to Ari to see if he can come on tomorrow. Maybe, maybe not. And he immediately responded. Uh, I, I I saw the bubbles and I never got an actual. Oh no! Right. So I think it was one of those you start typing and then he got busy with something else and then something else happens. So it's either I'm getting the longest text in the history of ever, uh, or, or DM from Ari Wasserman, or I've just been left on red for a while. Yeah, just but, just text back all caps. Hey, Friday, I'm gonna be in Waco, but just kind of looking ahead on the program. Friday show is a. You know, we'll have our regular softball and baseball pieces, but Friday is going to be a three-hour spring football show. We're going to share all of our fa- – how about my man Jaden Gibson taking the mic the other night? Impressive young guy, man. Just, you know, when you're like, calm down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, going to be okay. Calm down. Get excited about his future. Yeah, and hopefully we, we get a nice little glimpse of some of that. Me too. I that'll be a Friday conversation. That's Friday conversation. All right, um, great stuff. If you missed any of the program, as always, it's available on the podcast page. Simply go to kref.com or however you consume podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. Simply search KREF. You can hear Patty from hour number two. Our conversation about the development of five stars and obviously memories of this tragic day. Everyone have a great rest of your – it is Wednesday, right? It is Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Steelman and Thune at noon next right here on the Rep.